Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Ready to get into the Word? Last week, if you missed out, catch up on Spotify or Apple. What's the other one? Google. Oh, look at me go. That's where you can catch up, check all things media. They're like, man, this guy's good. He was studying. But they don't know that I've been listening to what they say but and wouldn't be able to tell me a thing about what I preached last week, which would be interesting. So I'll give you a heads up. I said, don't drift. Don't drift. Thank you, someone at the back there. Amen. Don't drift. Stay between the flags. Amen. In the safe zone, away from the sharks. Come on, somebody. Yes. And there's, that's what we need to preach on, sharks. Now suddenly everyone's like, amen. Keep that thing away. Amen. 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 I, um, I just, I, I saw this, this really, this really, I don't, is any people in the room love horses? Any horse people? I'll be careful here, horses, a couple of horse people. So there was this wonderful video with a horse in water, and um, I saw, it was awesome, just this massive, massive horse, and then it, suddenly this dolphin starts coming that way. I've never seen that big horse back itself up so quick in my life. He was gone. So even horses don't like him. Amen. So stay on course, stay on course. Uh, Why do we want to do this? 2023, we want it to be better than 22, amen? Not that, I don't know, for some people, they're like, 22 suck. 22 wasn't that bad for me. I I quite enjoyed 22. It was better than a couple of years before. But we want it to be better. Why? Because we're supposed to go from strength to strength. As the people of God, we want to go forward. We don't want to go backward. We want to go from strength to strength, from one place to the other. And I don't want to go, if I'm supposed to be going in one direction, I don't want to go one step forward and two step back. Amen? We want to be moving forward. Yes? You with me? You're going to have to help me preach this. We're supposed to go from strength to strength. And so because of that, I want to help, I want to talk about building an altar. Building an altar. What is this? What, what are we talking about? Building an altar. And it's important because I think that in 2023, it's going to be probably the greatest key to your strength is your ability to build this altar. And I'm going to show you what the Old Testament says about it. I'm going to show you whether it's even relevant today. I'm going to show you how it works. I'm going to help. I'm going to teach a little bit this evening. Can I do that? Amen. Why? Because we want, we want more of Jesus in 2023. We want to experience more of God. We want uh, a year of health and success and promotion. Uh, We want a year of expansion, right? But the question is, what do we do when the year gets going and things don't go our way? Because we start a certain way. The start of the year is cool. It's kind of like a line in the sand. This is my year. We've all said it. This is my year. And then then you you get in and then life starts coming at you. And it starts hitting hard. What do you do when things don't go your way? And have you noticed um, how quickly we forget God when life goes pear-shaped? When things are going well, He's my God. He's my source, my provider. That's my God. Look at the blessing. Look at the pay rise. Look at the car. Look at the house. Like, oh my gosh, it's Jesus. It's all God when it's going good. And when it starts going bad, pastor, where is God? Where is he? Where are the people to help me? Where is God? Why are bad things happening to me? I'm not such a bad person. What's going on? Amen? We're always wondering. Have you ever felt that way? Like your struggle, the thing you go through, maybe you went through something last year, maybe you're starting this year with it. Your struggle seems to separate you from everyone. You feel alone, you feel isolated, 
you feel like you've been forgotten, like there's that fear, uh, that, that anxiety, you feel dirty, you feel shameful. There's all these things. When you're going through a tough time, it, it seems to isolate you and pull you away. Those difficult times are, are, are really, really challenging because we feel exposed. We feel like we're the only one. Come on, somebody, you feel like you're, you're just, is it only me? Why only me? When is it going to stop? I don't want to be around people. I don't want to be in certain environments. I don't want to be around that person. All these things start happening. And for a lot of people, and more now than ever before, we're starting to put words to things, right? We're starting to recognize things, and we're starting to call it for what it is, and we're starting to see this thing called anxiety, Right? Like when I was growing up, there was no such thing as anxiety. I couldn't go to my parents and say, Mom, I'm feeling anxious about this exam. She'd go, Andrew, you weren't going to write the exam anyway, but even if you were anxious, keep moving along, son. Move along. Let's go. Do something. Right? And, and I, I'm open about it. I'm honest about it. I did not believe in this thing called anxiety. A panic attack, do me a favor, not my thing, until it happened to me. Once it happened to me, now it's a very real thing. Now I understand. Before, I just thought, like, come on, man. Like, let's go. But once it happens to you, once you start to put words to things, and then once I experienced that, even though I knew a lot of people had experienced that, I felt like I was the only one. Why only me? What's going on? It felt like it was dragging me from people. Are you with me? Everyone seems to be going well, but not you. Your life is hard. Money is tight. Maybe your kids are terrorists. Who knows? Right? It's okay, it's different for you, because you're my godson. You can do whatever you want. You're allowed to terrorize them. You have my blessing. He's like, that's my man. He's like, yes, let's go. Maybe your friendship circle sucks, or... No, every day, maybe you're just one of those people who, like, every day just feels like you're going through the motions. Have you ever had that time? You just feel like, am I just, like, get up, eat, feed the cat, go to work, come home, feed the cat? Get ready for bed, feed the cat. You know, wake up in the middle of the night, feed the cat, and then kind of do the whole thing again. Anyone got that problem? I've got that problem, right? Is this you? Remove the cat. <laughs> Buy a dog. I want you to know this. If you go through things like that, you're actually not alone. You're not alone. You're part of, you're part of everyone. We're all going to go through these things, amen? Feels like you're never going to recover. Um, but I want to make this statement. I want you to remember it. When we're in a good place, we never seem to pray. And when we're in a bad place, we're always wondering where God is. When we're in the battle of our lives, we feel like prayer isn't working. But when it's going well, how often are we praying? How often are we praying when it's going really well? Man, you get that, you get that pay rise, you're like, Thank God it happened finally. And then what happens? How long before you just forget about him? Now you've got enough. Now you've got more than what you need. Now you just carry on. And we're going to have to be careful of that. Amen? How many of you know that Jesus can and Jesus will meet you if you're in that place where you feel like you're just lost or down or confused or there's more, you feel isolated, you're not sure what's going on, how many of you know that Jesus can and will meet you in that place? 
That's why I get so confused when people say, man, I'm going through a tough time. I'm probably just going to kind of take a couple of weeks and gather myself. Uh, Forgive me if I'm not going to be at church for a little while. I'm just going to kind of, what are you talking about? Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you do that? Why would you be the kind of person who says, I know God is able to help me. I'm going to stay away from everything. It makes no sense, right? Um, when Are you ready to give your life to the Lord? Yes, I am. I just want to sort a few things out. Come on, somebody. Huh? It's tough, eh? You're thinking, why do I sit up here? Should have stayed at home. I want to share something out of Luke 17. Um, it's going to make sense in a, in a little bit about this altar that we're talking about. I want to share out of Luke 17. Uh, from verse 11, we're talking about these 10 lepers. Jesus is going somewhere and he comes across these 10 lepers. Uh, leprosy is like this, it's the skin disorder. Like you, you're basically rotting, right? Like you can be moving through life and the next minute, bam, your elbow falls off, right? And that's never a good thing, right? It's just never a good thing. Um, and so it also when, when you're going through this, you are, are separated from society, you're an outcast. In fact, when somebody who's somebody who's not like you comes near, you have to shout unclean, unclean, unclean. Imagine that, right? That, that is horrific. That's like when you've been working on the car all day and you come inside and, and she comes in for a hug. You've got to say, no, unclean, unclean, unclean. That's like because you're a leper, right? You're like, stay away, sweetie. Otherwise, divorce is going to happen, right? You need to stay clear of me. This, this needs a shower, Right? And so Jesus, this is where we meet him. We land in this, we're landing in this conversation on this journey, right? And as Jesus continued on toward uh, Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. There's a reason it's on the border because neither side wants him. Right? Just go, go far away, as far away as you can before you need a passport. Right? Just that's where you need to be. Stay away. As he entered the village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance. Remember, they weren't allowed to come close and cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They recognized that Jesus can do something and they ask him, have mercy on us. When you are standing in that place and you are in that condition, you're pretty much there to die. It's a life sentence. And he looked at them and said, go show yourself to the priests. What? And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now, don't miss this. This is an incredible thing. Don't breeze over it. There is so much pain in these people's lives. And Jesus is intentional about moving into a place, in a location where he can hear their cry. Everybody else makes sure they take the road around, but he cuts through. And he gets into a place where he can actually hear their cry. And for a lot of you, you, you're crying out to God sometimes wondering what's happening. Now remember, the answer is coming. They've cried out to Jesus. There is no healing, but that does not mean that he has not heard their cry. And all through scripture, you will see this. You will see the cry of his people. You will see something happen and they are still experiencing the pain or the struggle or whatever they're going through. And we're just, experience, we're just expecting, we just rub some bottle and this genie pops out and genie says, healed in Jesus' name, bam, and you're healed. And then you're mad because you stopped praying because he didn't answer. Come on. 
Jesus goes where no one else would go. To that place of pain, to that holding place, to the darkest moments, and he says something that makes no sense. He looked at them and says, go show yourself to the priests. Pause. <laughs> I didn't ask you who I could go to, my man, just throwing it out there. I said, have mercy on us, right? I recognize you're Jesus. So just saying, I feel like I got the right guy. I recognize you're Jesus. I know you can heal. I've asked for mercy, and you've said, go and see the priest. Yeah, because there's always got to be something else, eh? Why can't you just heal me? And as they went, so as they went, as they went, as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Man, if I had time to preach this. As he steps out the boat, as he steps out the boat, he can walk on water. You have to dig ditches in dry places when you're going through a difficult thing. You have to bring, you have to bring the jars for the oil to flow. Come on. If you're wanting to, there is, as they went, as they did something, as they moved toward the place God told them to go, something happened. Can you imagine how confusing it would be? Go show yourself to the priest and they start walking down the road and, you know, the dude's fingers half off and his elbow's just gone missing. This guy's knee caps halfway down his leg and the next minute he goes oh it's just me oh, bro I just got like tingles all through my body he's gone to have a look bro my skin I'm just not as dry as I've been I didn't put any moisturizer on this morning but I'm feeling I'm feeling better could you imagine that moment I need help. I'm now on my way to get help. And as I'm on my way, things are starting to change. And I'm starting to get healed. Can you imagine how confusing that would be? As they went. I can't preach that because we're preaching about altars. But as they went, there's a whole one line in there. Somebody like cash in, preach that message. Right? Not you, Kurt. <laughs> as they went... And so 10 of them are walking, and the one dude goes, bro, I'm healed. And the nine are like, we've got to go see the priest, though. Like, let's not stop now. We've got to go to the priest. And the other guy is saying, no, 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 bro, I'm healed. I'm going back. And so he goes running back to Jesus. He goes running with everything inside of him. He's doing what we do sometimes when God finally blesses us. We feel like we need to tell him, God, you will not believe what just happened. Have you ever been like that? You're like, God, I need a miracle. Miracle happens. You're like, you will not believe what just happened. I was trusting for money and bam, there it is. Huh? Bam. In my account, baby. Then it's not even the end of tax year. Come on. Come on. I knew you could do it. Look at it. It's there. It's there. Have you noticed that like something happens in our life? We go running back to Jesus. This guy goes running back to him. And it says in verse 15, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This guy was a Samaritan. What is going on? This is so confusing, right? And suddenly we see, we see the intersection in Scripture of something happening. We've got, we've got Jesus, and he's intersecting this Old Testament law, because there was a law, which I'm going to show you. There's this Old Testament law with a New Testament practice. And it's crossing over at these people. 
See, the Old Testament, you would have to bring a sacrifice, especially if you're a leper. What would happen is you would have to bring a sacrifice. It was like birds and things. You'd bring a sacrifice. The priest would kill the birds. Then you'd have to go away. And I think you come back like seven days later or something. Go read Leviticus. And you come back seven days later, and then, and then you have to bring like, you have to bring like a lamb or, or something. But if you, don't have, if you can't afford a lamb, then you can bring more birds. I don't know. There's a lot of dead birds. And so I don't know where people are getting them. But a lot of birds paid the price. And so all these birds came back, and then they got sacrificed, and then you would basically keep your healing. So, so in the Old Testament, that you come to the priest, you give the sacrifice, you go away, you come back, you get the sacrifice, then you're healed. Now he's saying, no, you're healed. Now you come back and sacrifice. The altar still exists, but it's, everything's turning around. Something's changing. Both require an altar. So here's how the original, here's how the altar works. I'm going to jump into the Old Testament. I'm going to teach you. It's all going to make sense. And I'm just thinking, this guy's been smoking something. It's all going to make sense. I'm going to go Old Testament, and now I'm going to show you what the New Testament, I'm going to show you what's happening. Amen? So in Exodus, right? You don't read too far. Genesis, Exodus, bam, right? If you can get through the first book, you're going to land pretty soon into this one. And the Lord said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, you saw for yourself that I spoke to you from heaven. Remember, you must not make any idols of silver or gold to rival me. Verse 24, here's the important bit. Build for me an altar made of earth and offer your sacrifices to me. Your burnt offerings, your peace offerings, your sheep, your goats, and your cattle. Bring them all. Build my altar. Now, this is the thing you're going to have to file in your brain. We're going to come back to it. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered, and I will come to you and bless you. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered, and I will come to you and bless you. Anybody tells me the Bible's boring? Nonsense. You're just not reading. I want to show you some cool stuff in a sec. Right? If you use stones to build my altar, use only natural uncut stones. Do not shape the stones with a tool, for that would make them uh, it would make the altar unfit for holy use. Right? It's got, it's got to be a raw stone that you find. That's good. That means less work. Right? This is a good thing. And verse 26, I love this one. This is awesome. And do not approach my altar by going up steps. If you do, someone might look under your clothing and see your nakedness. Man, read your Bible. It's good, eh? That's good. Bring a stone. Needs to, like, this is an important thing from God. Bring a stone. needs to be uncut. Make sure. And don't go up the stairs, man. No one wants to see your bum. Don't climb stairs. There it is. For all the fitness people. He's being clear. He's being clear. Stay away from the stairmaster. Simple as that. Right? Bible's good, eh? It's so good. You don't even have to read far. It's in Exodus. Been a Christian for 10 years. I'm surprised you haven't got there. Right. So that's the Old Testament. Build me an altar. This is important. Build an altar. There has to be a rock. Yes, we have to have a rock. We have to have a priest. Only the priest could, could perform the sacrifice. We have to have a sacrifice. You have to have an offering. Correct? Fast forward. Now we go New Testament. Still in Luke 17. And Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? 
For all those pastors who think this is a tithing message, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Mark it in your Bible. Verse 18, has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? The nine are not disobedient. Everyone's like, no, the nine, they kind of messed up. They are not disobedient, not one bit. They are doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. They are on their way to see the priest. Why? Because they understand the law states that you are to go show yourself to the priest. A sacrifice will be made for you. You will go away. You will come back and your healing will keep. So they are following what they believe is pattern. They are following this process instead of understanding like the other guy, but I'm already healed. Why does another bird have to pay the price? I'm healed. There is nothing more to talk about. And many of you are trying to find this pattern or this process in God. You're trying to find the step-by-step guide. If I can do this, run that ear group, get three ear groups, get five, get eight, and then I can be a zone pastor, and then I can lead the youth. And once I lead the youth, maybe I preach like 800 messages and almost go broke, and then suddenly maybe I can pastor a church. And God's going, what are you talking about? I'm going to do something in your life. Or you're thinking, if I can only read more, if I read more Bible, then somehow I will be better. Or if I, if I pray more, then somehow I will have ticked enough boxes and maybe God will bless me. Or maybe when I give, if, I'm, if, I, if I give the exact right amount that He asks of me, then, then maybe that's when the promotion will come or that's when the breakthrough will come. And God's going, what are, Jesus is going, what are you talking about? You are trying to find a pattern and somehow you think you can just manipulate God to do what you want Him to do because that's what it is. It's manipulation. If I can do these four things, then surely God would come through for me. And he's going, no, no, no. It's a relational thing. I didn't come to give you a step-by-step guide on how to get the blessing. I came so that I could have a relationship with you. And if you would seek me and not my hand, then just maybe something would change in your life. That's why he says, seek first the kingdom. And, my, and, my, and, your, and his righteousness and everything else will be added. Don't worry about another thing. But we're trying to get all the things. And if we, if we focus enough on that area, but we still keep checking that we're getting those things. And that's why we're getting disillusioned with God. There's no process. But the Samaritan does something interesting. Now, notice how the Samaritan and everybody can now get along, right? Before, nobody used to get along with the Samaritans. Remember, we don't, we don't mix. We don't talk. We're enemies. Yeah, Here, here's something to note for yourself. Misery will always find company. If you are always hanging with miserable people who complain about church, who complain about people, who always talk about the boss. If you, if you want to hang around those people, it's probably what you're going to do. And if you're not doing, you're probably going to, it's going to happen quick. How many times I've heard people come, Pastor, can, can we have a word? Who's we? Are we all going to talk at the same time? No, we've, we've just been talking. Mm-hmm, bet you have. Because you couldn't just have your problem on your own, could you? You had to find others. I'm going to collect a few. Now, we've just noticed 
We've just, we've just noticed, like, it was just, we were just, we just happened to be talking. 18 beers and a barbecue, and we were just having a discussion, and we just feel, yeah, misery will always find company. I've told you before, my mom always used to say, Andrew, you're an idiot, because you are what you hang with. Your friends are idiots. Fact, bro. You're a problem. And I always used to think, it's abuse. You can't be saying things like that. I'm the golden child. There's no need for that, all of you. Those who know me know that I've always walked the straight and narrow. I've done the right things, ticked the right boxes. Don't listen to Brett or Lisa or Tina. They don't know a thing. They're all liars. So they could move together because they were suffering the same issue. And now suddenly there's healing. Everybody follows what they think is a process, the pattern. And this one comes running back. And he does something and establishes something which is so important and such a key for you to understand. He runs back. He remembers something. He just remembers, God just healed me. He goes running back to him, falls on his knees, and establishes an altar of praise. An altar of praise. Now remember what he said. Whenever I cause my name to be remembered, there you are to build an altar. Every time you have those moments where you feel like, wow, I remember that time where God did something great. You are to stop. And from a place of thankfulness and praise, you are supposed to be pressing back. God, I'm just so grateful. Thank you. I remember that moment. I remember because it's relational. It's not like if you follow those four steps in prayer. No, you get to establish an altar of praise and thankfulness everywhere you go. And you should be glad about that. Because if it was possible for you to tick the boxes in the Old Testament, number one, you'd have to be a priest. Number two, you'd have to have a rock. And that would be very, very awkward for you to suddenly be sitting at your desk thinking, oh my gosh, I remember when the Lord saved me. And then you go outside and you drag this big rock into your office and you set it up. And the next minute you're like, don't worry, guys, I'm just going to praise God. And then the next minute, bring it, as you just end a bird's life. And two birds, one had to have it sprinkled all over the altar. I just feel like your boss would not be impressed with you. He would not be impressed with you. Amen? And so I think that God wants us in 2023 to have this, to have this continual coming back to Him in praise and thankfulness. And that's what astonishes me when we, when we come together and we have to worship God together. We had an opportunity to sing and, and these guys do an incredible job. They lead us in worship. We should be coming from a place of thankfulness and from a place of praise and be able to worship Him. And I know how confronting it is to raise your hands. I get it. I've been there the first time I ever raised my hand in church. I thought, my gosh, the whole church just watched me do that. I almost died of shame. There was no God in the room. There was just Andrew dying of shame. Now I couldn't give a rat. I don't mind who cares. I don't just think, don't think, care. Don't, I just stand here. Everyone's behind me. It's good. And, and the only people who get to hear this incredible voice is Kurt. And that's why he keeps doing what he's doing. He's told me this many times. He's told me. He said, I love Jesus and I love your voice. He said, those are the things. But why is praise so difficult for us to do? Because if we are robbed of this, we lose the blessing that comes with it. 
We are supposed to be able to praise him like no one, like we're not supposed to care about who says what. Why is it so difficult for us to praise? Because we are being, that is being stolen from us. And the thing that we get placed is the shame. Everyone's going to be watching or they're going to hear your voice. Mate, there's heaps of open chairs. Move if you don't like my voice. Move. There's heaps. There's lots there. Find a spot if you don't like me singing. Block your ears. I'm not, I'm not singing to you. I'm worshiping him. I'm grateful to him. Think, Andrew, you raised your hands. I wasn't. I was hoping Kurt would high five me. He didn't. So I continued worshiping God. And I think that in 2023, God wants us to get back to a place of praise. I think he wants us to get back to a place of praise. What are you thankful for? What are you grateful for? You whinge a lot, but what are you grateful for? You whine heaps. What are you grateful for? You don't know my life. I don't know your life. What are you thankful for? If you only knew, I don't want to know. What are you thankful for? We've got to get back to a place where we're thankful and think there's a lot of things we can be. How about your family? How about your health? How about his word? How about the fact that you do have a job even though it pays badly? How about the fact that you get to worship him freely? I might add, like it doesn't cost you anything to worship and we're not even persecuted for being here. You have a lot to be grateful for. We are of the wealthiest people on the planet and we are whining about money. Why? Because we don't have a nine-bedroom house that overlooks the ocean. Right? We're whining a lot, but are we grateful? Are you pressing in? Are you pushing closer? Or do you wake up every morning and just say like, God, I'm so thankful that I'm alive today. Thank you for my job as I'm driving in that car. And we think that it's pattern and process, but we forget that it's relational. I, uh, I, I, I got up the other morning and... And I drive out the gate and I start my day. I'm just like, I'm already talking to God. By the time I leave the gate, I'm not more holy than you. Just excited about something. And I come out the gate and I did the responsible thing. I pulled over because I wanted to search something on my phone. And I'm just like, I'm speaking to God. Don't raise your eye. I pulled over, Lise. I pulled over and I stopped the car and I Googled it. But while I'm doing this, I realized I started praying and then suddenly I was off track. And I'm like, I recognized in that moment, but I was like, God, seriously, like, it, it's not even like I'm just running off track here. I really just want to show you something because it's like he didn't know. And, and I was like, I want to show you something. And I felt this overwhelming sense of show me. And I, I found this thing because it was this, this piece of text I wanted. And I was like, I've just been thinking about this and it's just wow. And before you know it, I was, I was just down the road and back praying about what I was praying about. And, and I want you to know that it's actually okay that, that you run off course when you're praying. Because what happens is we think we're doing it wrong. God, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm gonna pro- I just want to praise you this morning. Uh, I just want to, you, you are everything to me. And uh, I just want to, I just need to, I need to remind my wife. We've got a, that car service. Is that today or tomorrow? Yeah, the car needs to be serviced. Yeah. Yeah, that car needs to be in those, I need to get the kids' shoes. And then I've got to phone Jenny. Jenny, she, I've got to get that sorted out, that invoice. Before you know it, we're, we're at work thinking about work things, not God. Right? And instead of realizing that, do you think God has a problem with that? He doesn't have a problem with it. Deal with that thing. God, I don't, this thing just jumped in my mind. I, I've got a car that needs to be serviced. Thank you for the provision. Thank you, God, that it's not something I have to worry about. Thank you that I have the ability to service this car. It's going to be a great day. Actually, I'm believing that it's going to be less than I thought it was. 
And thank you that my business has the ability to pay these bills, that I can pay Jenny from the block or whoever I've got to pay. Thank you. Right? And, but then you can come back. Once you deal with these things in prayer, you can come back. And God is actually going to be okay with it because it's relational. He knows what you're struggling with. Amen? But you are to have an altar. And so how does this work? Let me show you this quickly. And then we're going we're gonna to praise God. We're going to finish tonight and we're going to praise God. We're going to take a few moments just in worship, but I'm just going to ask, I'm just telling you up front, I want you to push beyond yourself this evening. Before we pray, I just want you to praise Him. I want you to start thinking now, if nothing else I say in a few moments makes sense, that's cool. But begin to think about, I, I, you have a lot to be thankful for, a lot to be grateful for, and for a few moments you're going to get to, to, to worship Him. Amen? And so let me show you something this quickly. This is awesome. So Old Testament, remember, we've got to have the, we've got to have the, we've got to have the, rock, the altar, the rock, we have to have a priest, and we have to have the sacrifice. Amen? That's Old Testament. Jesus has now gone, yes, but you have to go and see the priest. So everyone's thinking, we need, we, the priest is cool. He's going to have a rock, and all I've got to do is find the sacrifice. Amen? Fast forward. I want to show you what, what it says in First Peter. It says, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Here we go. Verse 5. You also, you also as living stones are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For the first time, we have the ability, as a royal priesthood, we have the rock, we have the authority, and all it's going to cost you is a sacrifice of praise. And he was saying, you don't have to have these elements anymore. You've got these elements. You don't have to wait for a time and a place, an appropriate moment to worship and celebrate him. You get to do that whenever you like, wherever you like, as often as you like. And we need to realize that if we can do it as often as we like, we should be doing a lot more than what we're doing it. How amazing is that, amen? That's good, eh? So will your praise be your sacrifice? Because the sacrifice is not based on what you're thinking about it. It's based on what he deserves, not how you feel about it. And that, that's the hard part about giving God what he deserves. It's his, whether we like it or not. And when you do that, he says, and you can do it whenever I cause my name to be remembered. Come to that altar, sacrifice, praise him. And he says, and then I will bless you. Maybe in 2023, you're going to experience the blessing of God in the way you praise him. Amen? Has no one returned to give me glory except this foreigner? And Jesus said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Many people are waiting for God to answer their prayers. I think that God is waiting for many of you to get a move on. That's what I think he's waiting on. He's waiting for you to take a step, 
for you to start to move, for you to start to get involved, for you to start to reach out, for you to plug in, for you to start to read, for you to start to pray. We're thinking that God is our car guard. He's going to turn up and do it for us. No, this is a relational thing. You're going to have to press in. Amen? He says, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. I want to share this with you quick as the worship team joins me. I want to share this quickly with you. I wrote this down. I wrote it for me, but I think it could be as important for you. Perhaps the pace of your promise and purpose in 2023 is determined by your rate of return. Maybe God, you're going to hear those get up and go, get up and go, is going to be determined by how many times you come back to him. Instead of just having this one time, like I've given my life to the Lord and I'm out of here. Why not just say, I've given my life to the Lord and every time something happens in my life, that God is, I remember God, I'm going to come back to Him and praise Him. I'm going to come back to Him and worship Him. I'm going to come back to Him and give Him all the glory. Perhaps the pace, the speed in which you're going to see the promise of God and the purpose for your life is going to be determined by the rate of return, how many times you come back to Him. Amen. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.